0: Please turn your Bible to the very first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. Jesus calls his followers to be networkers. Uh, So let's go back to the very first day when Jesus called his very first followers to enter this networking task. This is uh, Matthew, chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, Jesus saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. This is the account of the day when Jesus called Peter, Andrew, James, and John to become networkers of a different kind. Jesus called them to start doing their networking with people instead of Fish. And if I'm a Christ follower, Jesus calls me to be a networker who connects to those around me and connects those people to Jesus. God puts people in my life, and He expects me to be intentional about introducing those people to Jesus. So, how are you doing in this? Are you introducing people to Jesus? Or is your networking not working? If you follow Jesus and your networking is not working, it is either because you don't fully understand why you need to network or because you don't fully understand how to network. Well, next time we will talk about how? Today, let's study the all-important why question. Why network? Why should I introduce other people to Jesus? Before we get to that question, um, let me clarify what I mean by introducing people to Jesus. In our part of the world, it is hard to find someone who has never heard of Jesus and what he did on the cross. So introducing people to Jesus in our context is not telling people the historical facts about Jesus for us. Introducing people to Jesus is helping people personally apply what Jesus did on the cross in a way that results in God's forgiving them of their sins, giving them a friendship with God, empowering them with the infilling of God's Spirit in this life, and giving assurance for heaven in the next life. It's not enough to just believe the history about Jesus or the fact that Jesus died on the cross. Because even Satan uh, believes the historical facts about Jesus. Introducing people to Jesus is telling people my personal story of how everything changes in life when you go beyond impersonal historical facts and personally apply what Jesus did on the cross, personally receive God's forgiveness, and follow Jesus in a personal relationship with Him. So next time, we'll share how to uh, communicate this. But today, we're going to talk about why we need to network. Let me sketch out ten reasons why Christ followers introduce Christ to others, beginning with reason number one, introducing people to Jesus glorifies God. Uh, In Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, let your light shine before others that they may glorify your father in heaven. The first reason for introducing people to Jesus is because it glorifies God. Now, glorify is the biblical word that means to draw attention to God and his and celebrating his person and his love. When I talk to people about how Jesus has changed my life, I'm glorifying God. I'm drawing attention to God and celebrating his love and his grace. But, you know, talk can be very cheap. I need to do more than just talk. I glorify God by living a changed life. When I live a transformed life that shows how I've overcome anger and I've become patient and loving, how I show I've overcome selfishness and I've become loving and giving, this is what draws attention. To God, and if I keep living a transformed life, there's a good chance that eventually some people will want to experience what I've experienced in Jesus. And when I introduce these people to Jesus, then they have changed lives and they draw more attention to God again. Miracles draw attention to. To God. And the greatest miracle of all is the miraculous life transformation that erupts within a person who comes to Christ, receives forgiveness, and is changed from the inside out by God's indwelling Holy Spirit. This radical life transformation is symbolized in baptism. And we're having a baptism on April 1st, and some of you need to join the some 20 or so who have already signed up to be baptized on uh, that Sunday in those morning services. Sometimes Christ followers who know Jesus calls them to be baptized will stall by saying, Well, I... I don't want to be baptized because I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't like drawing attention to myself. Well, you're not. Baptism is not about drawing attention to you. It's drawing attention to God and what He's done in your life. You're glorifying God. And this is the first reason why Christ followers introduce people to Jesus. It glorifies God. The second reason Christ followers introduce people to Jesus is because... Introducing people to Jesus pleases God. Uh, Speaking of the priority of telling people about Jesus, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy chapter 2, this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Here's the deal. God loves people. Nothing is more important to God than eternal souls. Nothing makes God happier than when a man or a woman or a boy or a girl turns to Him and receives His love and forgiveness. So, when you introduce someone to Jesus, you please God. When you make even the tiniest effort to reach out to someone else, it infinitely pleases God. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus says, I'll tell you what God is like. God is like a father who has a child, who leaves home. And with a broken heart, this father looks every day to the horizon. Until one day, when the father sees the child off in the distance. And runs out to embrace this child and welcome this child home with tears in his eyes, and then throws a party to celebrate. This is how much God loves people. This is how much God loves it when people who are far from Him come home. And how much it pleases God when you do something, anything, to just help one of His children come home. Next, uh, Number three, introducing people to Jesus is the heart of who I am in Christ. Jesus says of his followers in Matthew 5 You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. If I follow Jesus, this is who I am I am light, I am salt. I'm not supposed to just act shiny. I am the light in this dark world. And if I understand who I am, I understand the nature of Jesus' commands to me to tell other people about Him. For instance, Jesus commands His followers in Matthew 28, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So Jesus commands His people to tell others about Him. But these commands are not designed to motivate me out of guilt. Where I say, oh, I'll tell people about Jesus. I have to. He commands me to do it. No. Jesus commands uh, and His commands to His followers are just encouragements to them to be who they are. If you're a halfback... For a football team, it's because you're a strong runner who loves to run with that ball to gain as much yardage as you can. And if you're a halfback and the quarterback gives you the ball and you hear the coach on the sidelines saying, "'Go! Go! Run! Run!' You don't say, "'Oh, he commands me to go. I'll go.'" No, the coach is not commanding you. He's encouraging you. He's cheering you on. And if you listen, you will hear your divine coach cheering you on now, saying, Go, go, shine, shine. If I'm a true follower of Jesus, I'm passionate about networking. Not because Jesus commands me to do it, although He does, but because this is who I am. And I can hear Him cheering me on. Which leads us to reason number four. Introducing people to Jesus expresses my love to God. You know, we read at the very beginning how uh, Jesus first called Peter to drop his fishing nets. Uh, But we know that a couple of years later, Peter went back to fishing and back to those nets out of shame, out of embarrassment, after denying Jesus three times before the cross. So after he rose from the dead, Jesus went to the place where Peter was fishing again. And Jesus pointed to the fish and he said this to Peter. Peter, do you truly love me more than these fish? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Notice this. When Jesus called Peter the second time to leave his fishing nets to become a networker of people, Jesus makes it clear that this is one of the ways that Peter for the rest of his life, could show his love for Jesus. Jesus commands me to introduce people to him. And says that this is how I show love to him. And I need to take that seriously. Think of the alternative. Um, Think about what it says to Jesus if I ignore his call and just stay silent among the people uh, around me. Scripture makes it clear that God interprets my silence as a lack of love. Jesus can take a hint. And when I let fear keep me silent, Jesus takes the hint that I love my security. I love my comfort. I love my convenience. I love my reputation more than Him. Jesus takes the hint that maybe I'm a little ashamed of Him, that maybe I don't want to be identified with Him when it costs me something. That's a serious thing. Scripture says that it's a serious thing to, by silence, disown Jesus. It's a serious thing to be ashamed of the one who took my shame on the cross. On the other hand, when I overcome my natural insecurities and I introduce Jesus to the people in my life, I'm saying I love and respect Jesus more than anyone or anything in my life. When I speak up, it's interpreted as love by the one who loves me. The fifth reason Christ followers introduce people to Jesus is a a heavy one. Introducing people to Jesus has eternal consequences. Near the end of the Bible, we're told that uh, everyone will stand before God one day. And those who have a personal faith in Jesus will have their name read out of the book of life. And they will be ushered into God's presence in heaven forever and ever. But then we're told in Revelation chapter 20 that, uh, well... This is in verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Christ's followers understand that the stakes are infinitely high when it comes to this networking issue. Because when people leave this world, they leave their one and only chance to make peace with God And secure heaven for all eternity. If you are a Christ follower, for some people, you will be their only chance to see heaven. From a human perspective I'm talking about now, you will be their only chance to find Jesus and find heaven in the next life. And I understand that many of us cringe uh, at the Bible's insistence that the only hope for heaven is a personal faith in Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. Many of us squirm and we secretly hope that there must be some other way for people. Uh, We secretly hope that there's a loophole, that uh, we can take comfort in the idea that Jesus is just one of the many ways to get to heaven. You know, uh, we think... You know, the cross is the way that we find forgiveness. But maybe, you know, there's another way for other people through world religions or through good works. Well, the Bible gives us no comfort for any loophole. Because frankly, an alternative path to uh, heaven makes a mockery out of Jesus' death. Jesus died on the cross because there was no other Way for people to find peace with God. If there was some other way, then Jesus didn't have to die. And Jesus was a fool. I had a seminary professor uh, who used to say that if I'm river canoeing and uh, I have a friend in my canoe with me and my friend says, What I'm going to do next is to show you how much I love you. And that friend throws himself overboard and drowns. The world would say, he's a fool. Because his death was meaningless. Because he didn't have to do that. But, if I fall out of the boat, and I'm drowning, and at the cost of his life, my friend jumps out of the boat, saves me, although he perishes, then that person is not a fool. That is the best friend I could ever have. Either Jesus is a hero or a fool. And the moment you believe that there's some other way to heaven other than the cross, Jesus' death becomes unnecessary and you make Him out to be a fool. Jesus is no fool. And God would never, never send His own Son to die if there was another, some other way to heaven. There's a book of life. And there's only one way to escape the eternal consequences of sin. And that one way is through personal faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross. And this is why. It is such a serious thing when your networking is not working. It has eternal consequences for the people around you in your life. Reason number five. Sorry, reason number six. Introducing people to Jesus is God's upfront purpose for me. Jesus walked up to Peter, James, and John and said in uh, Matthew 4, Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men and women. Notice Jesus' upfront purpose statement. Uh, Jesus did not say, come and follow me, and I'll make you rich, or I'll make you comfortable. Just as for his first followers, Jesus' upfront purpose for me is to make me a person who brings people to God. Sharing my faith is not to be buried at the bottom of my to-do list. Sharing my faith is God's upfront purpose for me while I live. I had a sobering uh, experience yesterday. I went to the uh, September 11th memorial at the uh, World Trade Center site. Many of the people who were trapped in those towers that awful day uh, called and left messages for loved ones, while at the memorial I was reminded of the phone calls and the emails that were made from the 105th floor of Tower One. Uh, The calls and emails from the 105th uh, floor tell a powerful story of a very special man in the middle of unspeakable tragedy. Over and over, the transcripts from the 105th floor keep mentioning a man named Al. Honey, we're trapped. We can't get down. We're scared. But a man named Al is praying with us. Don't worry about me. I'll be okay. I've been speaking with Al. It's me. I don't know what's going to happen, but a man named Al has been praying with me. Those who heard these calls and got these messages wanted to know who this Al was. Well, Jeannie Bracca knew who Al was. It was her husband. Al Bracca worked on the 105th floor as a corporate uh, bond trader for Cantor Fitzgerald. And Al had been praying for years for the people he worked with. For years, he'd been trying to reach out to them uh, with the love of Jesus. And Al was so generous with his faith that many of his co-workers joked and nicknamed him the Reverend. Jeanie commented that Al didn't much like his job, but he loved the people he worked with. And he knew that God put him at Cantor Fitzgerald for a purpose. So Jeannie Bracca was not surprised when she heard story after story of how the people on the 105th floor first panicked when they learned that they were trapped, but how Al led whole groups of them in prayer. How dozens of individuals and groups turned to Al in their fear. And how Al led many of them to Christ in those moments before Tower One collapsed. Jeannie Bracca views 9-11 as a day of national tragedy, but also the day when her husband's lifestyle of purpose came to its culmination and his purpose was fulfilled. And yesterday, I found Al's name engraved in the memorial. And I thought about my purpose and about your purpose. And just like uh, Al's networking purpose uh, began with prayer work, so does uh, each one of ours. Um, would you take your bulletin out for a moment? Uh, you notice on the back of your bulletin, uh, there's an opportunity uh, for you to ask for some prayer. Oh, here it is. Uh, right here. Uh, just uh, You might want to just tear that right now. Just uh, tear that, that little slip off. And... Um, There's a section there for you to leave in the basket uh, that the ushers will be holding as you exit. Uh, We have over 200 people praying 24-7, 24 hours, seven days a week. And uh, we're just asking you if you'd like some prayer. Uh, We commit to pray for you over these uh, uh, next weeks until Easter. And you can just write down a growth area uh, that you would like to have prayed for. And then give the name and first initial of uh, a person that you would like to uh, reach out to uh, with uh, God's love. You can put your name down on this or you choose not to. It's up to you. Either way, uh, God knows and we'll be praying uh, for you. The seventh reason uh, Christ followers introduce people to Jesus is because... Introducing people to Jesus is the overflow of a real relationship with God. Uh, Acts chapter 1, Jesus promises, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The same God who loves people. That Father who welcomes the prodigal son home. This God is pleased to see people saved who wants you to introduce people to Jesus. And Christ followers network because they're filled with someone. They're filled with someone who wants them to share Jesus. Someone who fills them with so much love that they can't help but overflow with love for other people and desire to share this relationship with others. Reason number eight, Christ followers share their faith is because introducing people to Jesus heightens the Christ followers experience with God. In Matthew chapter 28, uh, Jesus ends his command to share faith with a promise. He says, go and make disciples and I will be with you Always. If you have ever stepped out of your comfort zone uh, to introduce someone to Jesus, you know that this promise is true. That Jesus' presence is somehow even more tangible, more readily experienced. When you're trying to help someone, come to Him. The process of sharing your faith heightens your experience of God. The process of verbalizing the good news somehow helps you understand it better. The process of overcoming your fear allows God to meet you at a place where you become more dependent upon Him. If you have come to a stagnant place in your relationship with God, I can almost guarantee that it is because your networking is not working. But when you start... Sharing Jesus with others. You will grow and you will sense the presence of Jesus always. Which leads to reason number nine. The ninth reason Christ followers introduce others to Jesus is because introducing people to Jesus results in tremendous joy. In Luke 15, Jesus explains that God erupts with joy when someone receives the gift of Of His forgiveness, Jesus says, I tell you, there is great rejoicing in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. And if you've never had the joy of helping a friend take a step toward friendship with God, you don't know what you're missing. There is nothing better. Your heart will soar with gladness. You should be praying and seeking and rushing toward the opportunity to Be a part of this networking party of joy. And the tenth reason Christ's followers introduce others to Jesus is because introducing people to Jesus is the highest expression of my love for others. Uh, Explaining why he devotes his life to telling others about Jesus, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for Christ's love compels us Because we are convinced that one died for all. You see, Jesus filled Paul with love. A love that compelled him to reach out to others. And Jesus wants to fill you with the same kind of love. Jesus wants you to see the people in your life through his eyes. And love them with the highest expression of love there is. Bringing them to him. I have a friend who told me about an experience he had, and I want to pass it on to you. Uh, my friend's name is Zach, and he is a follower of Jesus. But Zach has a friend named Rick, uh, who he has known for years and years, uh, who does not know Jesus. Uh, then, not long ago, uh, Rick invited Zach out to coffee and told an amazing story. It was a story of how Rick met someone at work uh, who had befriended him and introduced him to Jesus and how Rick had believed and begun the exciting life of following Jesus. And Zach was so happy to hear this until his friend uh, put down his coffee cup and looked Zach straight in the eyes and said, Zach, I knew you'd be really happy to hear this but I also wanted to ask you something why didn't you tell me about Jesus and Zach says that he looked into Rick's eyes and he saw in there hurt the hurt that said Zach I've known you for 15 years and you followed Jesus all that time but you never told me You never told me what it meant. You never told me what it could mean for my life and what you believed. How could you call yourself my friend and never have said anything? How could you know that I was separated from God and not share what you knew? How could you say you love me and not at least try to introduce Jesus to me. And Zach says that after that conversation, he had a nightmare of other friends at the judgment, finding out that their names were not in the book of life, and turning to Zach with that same question Rick had asked, Why didn't you tell me? Well, Zach got the message. He says that he's systematically finding ways to get to everyone in his life and saying what he hasn't said so that he never hears that question again. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? How about you? Are you getting the message? The message is that God has arranged things so that for some people, their only chance to know Jesus... Is because they know you. And that's why it is so important. That's why it is so important to take it seriously if your networking is not working.